Welcome to the Mug and Bucket Show with Piyush Shinde, a podcast that documents inspirational tales of prominent personalities from arts, sports, politics, and business settings, and focuses on how they won their unannounced moments, which triggered a change in them and made an impact. Here is your host, Piyush Shinde. Our today's guest is the founding director of one of the ruling parties in the digital world. Generally, parties are elected for a definite term, but this party in particular has made its mark forever. If you're thinking of Bhadipa, then you are in for a treat. I'm sitting across Paula Macklin, who is an actor, director, and is passionate about whiskey tasting. I warmly welcome you to the Mug and Bucket podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Piyush. Okay, so now since you know the show format, uh, but before we go to the show, I you know, kind of researched a lot, like I was saying. And there was one consistent thing about, you know, every blog or maybe some video is your cat. <laughs> and now uh, there's a very intriguing name, Mugambo. Could mm-hmm. you shed some light on why you named he or she? He. He. Yeah. <laughs> named him Mugambo. And like, what's the story behind that name? Uh, actually, it's a funny story because I came up with the name without seeing the film. Okay. Uh, Sarang and I, uh, not long after we had first started dating we were driving from Pune to Mumbai and we were passing one of these uh, what's that Imagica Ad Labs Imagica (laughs) we were passing one of those hoardings on the highway and it said you know Mogambo is back with a picture of this villainous looking man and he had the eye patch and things and I was like oh Mogambo that's such a cool name you know and I just turned to Sadin because we'd been talking about how you know it's so it would be so nice to have a cat and I was like if we get a cat we're calling it Mogambo. And it was decided. Okay. And Sarah was like, do you even know <laughs> what the reference is? Okay. Like, it's from a film called Mr. India. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's that's awesome. You know, it fits, fits what I have in mind for this cat that I want. I've imagined it. And it was probably just two, two three months later uh-huh. that we actually... <laughs> Um, met Mogambo, you know, he was on the ground floor of our building. Okay. And I had been trying to lure a cat into our house for some time. Uh-huh. But none of the cats that lived in our society were interested in me. <laughs> and okay. suddenly there was this little black and white cat, you know, like he was a little lanky teenager at that time, maybe uh-huh. like seven, eight months old. Uh-huh. And I just went, you know, come here. And this cat just came running up to me and I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. She's He's chosen me. Yeah. <laughs> this cat loves me okay. already. I went and I got some milk okay. and I lured him upstairs to our house on the third floor without a lift. Mm-hmm. I lured him up and I opened the door and he just walked right in like he owned the place. Okay, that's He found a closet yeah. and he settled in and he slept for like six hours. And by the time he woke up, we'd already decided, you know, this is Mogambo. <laughs> okay. Hail Mogambo. <laughs> Hail Mogambo. <laughs> Love okay. at first sight. Yeah. Or rather, yeah. He, he, you know, played those mind tricks on us. <laughs> as soon as I saw him, he got me. Okay. I mean, that's very interesting. In fact, you did not know Mogambo and you, uh, you know, planned it to name Mogambo. And Mogambo is a big figure. Like, now you must be knowing. Yeah. It's, it's after that, very... I watched the movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so now uh, we move on to our first section, which is Random Mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess you'll have to brace up and, you know, answer with all the unfiltered <laughs> energy and okay. enthusiasm you have today. So should we start? Yes. Okay. So here's the first question. You landed in Chennai when you first came to India in 2012. Yes. What is it about Chennai that you miss? And 
like? Um, what I miss about Chennai was I was staying in the IIT Madras campus, uh-huh. and that campus had deer and monkeys everywhere. Okay. And I really miss having that immediate access to like some nature and wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like about Chennai as a city, I really um. I have to think about that because I was only there for like ten days, but heat I've... maybe, because I'm I saw one of your videos or maybe blogs I guess you mentioned about Chennai's heat, <sighs> you know coming from Bangalore directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went like... there in May. <laughs> yeah, end exactly. of May, and it was really hot, and we didn't have a AC room uh-huh. or anything, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, that was this. a bit of a shock. But I think I think I of course really liked it because it was a change mm-hmm. uh, but too much of a good thing sometimes becomes a bad thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so eventually the, the heat got a little tiring um, of course I think my favorite thing was probably the food okay uh, it was my first exposure to the idea of South Indian food I had okay. no idea there was such a thing as South India Indian, you know I directly yeah. come from Vancouver which was all you know North Indian Mughlai food yeah, yeah, so yeah. Definitely, you know, the filter coffee and uh, the puris and all okay. of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, name an actor you would like to work with in the following. Okay. okay. Bollywood. Ranbir Kapoor. Okay. Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood actor I'd like to work with. I don't really think about Hollywood that much. Um, Maybe I'll give you a few options. Yeah, give me some Leonardo. options. Yeah, done. Leonardo. Okay. Leonardo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fixed. And Marathi film industry. Marathi film industry. I would really like. Hmm. I've worked with a lot of them already. <laughs> Who I haven't worked with. Um, you know, I want to say Nana Patekar, but to be very honest, uh, you won't believe I was thinking about Nana Patekar right now. Yeah, I want to say him, but you know, I have my. Like I don't know how he is really as a person. Yeah. Like okay. as, as an, an actor, actor, he's he's fantastic. Okay. No, yeah. No. So, uh, what is the funniest pickup line tried on you till date? <laughs> Today there was a great one that came on my Instagram. Uh, I put up a new picture because I'm wearing a shirt that you know I bought yesterday. I'm really excited about it. So I put up a picture, and this guy commented, saying, uh, "Ma'am, if I was a billionaire, I would have for sure marred you." What <laughs> 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 he said, I. Con- I think he meant to say I'll confirm marry you, but okay. he said I'll conform marred you. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Okay. I'm okay. like, well, okay, if you were a billionaire, you would have, but since you're not a billionaire, you <laughs> let's know, not just, even think about just it. Just give me a call yeah. when you reach that point. <laughs> we'll talk then. <laughs> okay. Um, say now, uh, I'll say a few things, and you have to tell me who comes to your mind from your bhadi pa team. Mm. Okay. The procrastinator. Um, Sarung. Okay, uh, the one who eats the most. Me. Short-tempered. Me. Always sleepy and lazy. Anusha. Uh, the sanskari one. I don't think any of us are sanskari <laughs> okay. whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the one who is never on time. Anusha. Okay. So uh, all the guys who heard this, this is a good plain feedback for you guys. What <laughs> all things? Okay. Uh, narrate a silly incidents involving you and your cat. Like it has to be like very silly. Silly, huh? Uh, I'll tell you what our morning routine is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mogambo's black and white, so he has a bit of an identity crisis. He doesn't know whether he's a cat or a cow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and 
I came to know this when we kept on catching him eating grass whenever he would go outside. Okay. And Sarang and I like to have lemongrass and ginger in our chai in mm-hmm. the morning. And uh, whenever we would pull out the lemongrass, he would just go ape shit. You know, he yeah. he was just meowing and begging for that grass. Mm-hmm. And it's actually become a thing where every single morning he's not satisfied until we've hand fed him lemongrass. Okay. You know, just the just the tips. It has to be fresh, can't be dry, has to be okay. the soft tips, you know, and if we can't have too much stem in there. Demanding so, Mogambo. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I'll name five scenarios. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to name a person you will take along with you. Mount Everest. My sister. Okay. Why Why do you say so? She's sailed across the Pacific Ocean. She lives up in uh, Atlin, British Columbia, which is very cold and Everesty. Okay. And I think that she's probably picked up a lot of good survival skills. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Turshibag in Pune. Sarang. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was thinking you would say some girls. Sarang takes me for all of my Indian clothes shopping. Okay. I okay. I because I haven't grown up with Indian clothes, I don't know what to buy. Okay. And every single item of Indian clothing I have, Sarang has handpicked for me. Oh wow. Okay. Uh into the past. Into the past? Where yeah. in the past? Anywhere in the past. Like your to your liking. Within my life? Yeah. Okay. Anywhere in the past within maybe, my life. Maybe maybe you can just, you know. I think I'd probably take my mom. Uh-huh. I'd take my mom so I could like show her like see see what happened. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh space. Sarang. Okay. Uh by the way you're not supposed to repeat space someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh space I would Sarang is there with you all uh, like on on Mount Everest so take someone else to the my space. sister's on mount everest sarang is uh, where is he it, he was in tushiba tushiba yeah. oh shit i've yeah, given him I a really bad one yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that oh gosh otherwise i would have saved it um okay space i would probably take my friend human okay yeah okay a haunted palace i would take anusha with me okay she gets a lot of fun and excitement out of these things okay and yaravda jail Uh, I'd probably call Aditya Thakre or something like that. (laughs) Okay, that was very random. (laughs) Okay, okay, that was very interesting and random. So now, uh, what product would you stockpile uh, if you found that you weren't going to sell it like anyone or anymore? It's not going to sell anymore. If it's going out of stock forever? Yeah, forever. I mean, can I give like a trick and question or like a trick answer? Yeah, you can. Uh, I would say like <clears throat> rice seeds, rice oh, grains. Why? Why do you say? That? I mean, if rice grains are going out of stock forever, then I'll buy it so that I can start planting them okay, and okay. revive it, feed the world. Uh-huh, you know, this uh-huh. is my this is my Miss Universe like answer. Like CSR uh, <laughs> kind of activities you want to do. Okay. <laughs> I I would be so rich. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite market hat ka khana. The favorite thing my mom makes, uh, my mom's burgers. Oh, we just had one. Like, what kind of burgers? Veg, so she non-veg? does. Um, she does beef burgers. I don't normally uh-huh. like to eat beef that much. Okay. But she does. Like, she hand makes the patties. Uh-huh. And she, you know, puts them on the barbecue grill outside on the balcony. Okay. Slaps some Mouth cheese ordering. on there. Yeah. Or homemade barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. It's okay. it's the full okay. package. Okay. So, uh, 
we saw that you were dressed as Professor Sybil Trelawney for Halloween 2018. Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that you are a Harry Potter fan? If the answer is yes, which book or film do you like the most? Yes, I am a Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm a Harry Potter fan. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think the Goblet of Fire is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Now, any specific reason why do you say so? Like- I just I love the idea of you know that trial by fire and the. Um, the multiple tasks that they're put through and how in every single one, you know, something unexpected happens and the way that Harry gets away and somehow makes it through each one mm-hmm. almost by fluke or because of the people around him. Yeah, he never, yeah. I mean, it's the typical story of Harry. He mm. never actually wanted any of it mm. and yet he got through with the, thanks to his friends and family. But yeah. I feel like that's definitely my favorite for the tournament. I mean, oh, the tournament yeah. is the coolest thing. In yeah. that book. My wife is going to love this because she's the biggest Harry Potter fan I've ever met. So this is the last for this section. If you have to define sarang as a food dish, what would he be? You have all the cuisines in the world, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just Indian. Hmm. It'll have to be spicy because he's hot-headed. Okay. And Indian for sure. I think it has to be like pure Maharashtrian dish. So, I mean... Pitla bakri? No, I think, I think um, it's got to be like a little more complicated than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I might, I might say misal pao. Okay. Because, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big mix of a bunch of different things and yet it's spicy and it all kind of comes together okay. under one okay. amazing dish, which, you know, everybody who has tried yeah. misal I, who I know, has has really liked it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but then again, I've also heard of a few people who really hate it. So yeah, I mean, that might define Sarang yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like your answers were superb. That's the end of the first section. We move on to our next section okay. now. So this is called the Magan Bucket section. We are going to lead you to the Magan Bucket moment. All right. Okay. So here's the first question. Uh, you did your fine arts. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. You mm-hmm. did your fine arts from Simon Fraser University. <clears throat> and... Uh, in India, at least when uh, I was studying uh, engineering and MBBS, like that was in the main frame. Mm-hmm. While you were studying, now you've already <clears throat> reached where you had to, but uh, you might have had your, uh, you know, options open. What was it that you wanted to do apart or were there options or finance was only the thing that you wanted to choose? Mm-hmm. Um, I think very much like in India, you know, there's your select, it was more than two career options that your family wanted you to go for, but you know, Either, you know, a sciences or a finance or, uh, you know, do commerce and then go to law uh, or medical school. Those those were, you know, of course, the top coveted jobs and all parents wanted their kids to get into that because mm. then they would be set for life. Um, my sister, she's the older one. So she actually had done a degree in commerce. Okay. So I was off the hook as the younger one, you know, to go and ruin my life accordingly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, when I decided that I wanted to study film, it was a long protracted thought, uh, thought process because I didn't know what I was passionate about enough mm-hmm. to study it for four years. I was kind of conflicted that I knew the only thing that I really liked at that time of 18 years old, 17 years old, was I liked learning. I liked learning new things all of the time and I liked reading and I liked you know doing research. I thought it was really cool. And then I was watching uh, BBC's Planet Earth in my geography class. And I thought, oh, okay, you know what? If I can become a documentary filmmaker, 
I can just make documentaries about whatever I'm interested in at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be able to sort of apply this skill set wherever I want to go in my life. And that was my very logical process of thinking that, okay, documentaries means film school or does it? You know, I went and talked to my mom and I said, I want to do film. And everybody tells me there's no point in doing a degree if you're going to do film because no one cares about your degree. Yeah. Uh, But my mom said, okay, if you're going to go into arts, that's fine. But at the very least, make sure you get a bachelor's degree because if you fail, you can always become a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, mom, I'll do that for you. (laughs) You know, so I went and I did my my um, bachelor's in contemporary and fine arts with a major in film. Okay. And I also was doing a minor in geography because okay. I was, okay. found that to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I didn't end up finishing the minor because it was a lot of extra credits and a lot of extra okay. school. So I said, mm-hmm. screw it. Let's just okay. get out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's come to Bhadipa. Mm-hmm. You know, it has become kind of a rage in Marathi content creation and you have absolute lovely lineup of shows. So now uh, my question stems out. See, where do you get the inspiration from? A, mm. that you know you see something and you know I want to convert this say for example I and me or Aplya Bapachi so these are the series right and then you build on to it with different type of contents around it so how do you get that inspiration how do you go from point A to point Z like say for example you say for example we are sitting here and you you, you know you get an idea mm-hmm. about something you want to do how do you guys sit together and materialize it and, uh, you know, convert it into a full-fledged series? Sure. So what's your brainstorming process like? I think when we start, we never really anticipate it to be a series, okay. uh, especially with I and Me, uh, even with Miss Manners. It yeah, was, Miss Manners, yeah, yeah. It was never really meant to be, you know, multiple videos as such. It was more like, okay, we want a video. See, for I and Me, the first thought was, let's... Uh, our friend Varun Narveka, who is the director of uh, Muramba, mm-hmm. he he kind of came to us with a script saying, you know, I've written this thing about Ai, Bapa and me. It's about, you know, the typical Marathi middle class household, what happens during Ganpati. Mm-hmm. And we read that script. We were like, this is fantastic. We mm-hmm. have to make this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after making that, we ended up doing another one with different actors. Okay. And... Uh, that was for I Diwali and me, and that one didn't do quite as well. And so it was it was some time before we kind of picked up the idea again. Okay. The third I and me video we did was I Privacy and me, and that came from the client brief. Basically, Storytel was like one of the first brands we got on board mm-hmm. for a Baripa video sponsor, and they said, you know, we want a sketch video to promote our podcasts and uh, we were like okay that's that's the brief and we started saying you know when do you listen to podcasts you know when when are you going to want to have headphones over your ears Uh, it's when you're traveling or if you're at home it's like you know you want some quiet time to yourself so we thought in the Indian household where where do you want to wear headphones the most is definitely you know you want to wear headphones for privacy mm-hmm. and that's a motivation <laughs> to listen to audiobooks yeah. and podcasts yeah. so we decided to create the whole sketch around i me and privacy and go back with the original cast and uh that was when the series really took off okay. that was you know our first video that got you know it hit a million views within a week yeah it's, and it's uh, that was also the same time when Baripa really took off in terms of growth we okay. crossed you know one lakh subscribers at that time and it was just like a 
that was a big turning point for the company for sure okay so so there's no set structure as of now like if you say for even apla bapachi even mm. that was kind of accidental or you yeah apla bapachi <laughs> series uh, started off as apla bapachi rasta you know ah. we just wanted to you know make a video we of course we were doing a lot of back and forth between mumbai and pune uh when we started the company before bharipa we were living in pune for one year then we moved to mumbai we started bharipa in mumbai but still there was so much back and forth and we just so much road rage <laughs> so much road rage was going on and we were like you know we should make a sketch which on one hand you know is funny but at the same time just like takes the case of all of these bad drivers like what is going through their heads mm-hmm. they must think that this is the right way to drive yeah. so what do we have a driving school for you know bad yeah, drivers yeah. and that was the initial thought and then we realized that oh my gosh we can do this with so many different things which frustrate us yeah and that's when apla babacha society came out you know yeah. the problems that we all have uh within this trying society. to get a house yeah, yeah. trying to get a house in mumbai in particular <clears throat> and uh, the society members and the committee and the interview with the chairman and all of that stuff then um uh, hotel also came from a place of uh um it was around the time when people were getting lynched for beef yeah. people were uh the the highways they had implemented a new uh rule which meant that you cannot have any bars like within 50 meters of the highway yeah 100 meters 100 meters or yeah. something yeah. of the yeah. highway and uh and at that time we were like okay let's do one after papachi hotel uh where we'll have a goon in his in his hotel and he's drinking next to the highway and all that we'll mm-hmm. do something like that and after papachi comedy again came out of that angst of um wanting to just make a point that you know we're tired of trying to please everybody everybody's going to get offended by something yeah. and when it comes to stand up comedy you know we can't we can't draw the line okay. you know only you guys can choose to get offended or not so yeah. Yeah. it was it was more i mean all of them come from a very angsty space yeah i mean uh, the inspiration is all around us i guess yeah. you know right from your day to day routine work so uh, you know you you've named couple of shows which one is closest to your heart and why i think um i mean probably i would say that there's i'm a little torn between two shows i would say amay nepun uh, casting couch with amay with yeah. amay nepun is a big one because that's the baby that we started with mm-hmm. and you know even i've had like a little part to play in that show where i play myself as a producer and that one is it's really close to my heart because it's sort of was the whole reason we started we really wanted to just break the norm of your regular mm-hmm. uh interview shows mm-hmm. break the norm of web content and and that show really did it for us and then I think after doing 3 seasons if it's kind of normalized now people aren't you know shocked by it anymore but at that time the the initial response you know people didn't know if it was scripted or not people yeah, thought it was yeah, real yeah. people were getting upset with us like how can you talk to these actresses like that mm. so wrong and we just got so much fun out of it because yeah. <laughs> kind of feeding out of the negativity yeah no i mean even the actresses yeah. thought it was hilarious because yeah, yeah. you know we got we did it all with their consent and they were mm-hmm. totally on board so yeah. it was very fun and at the same time i and me is again really close to our hearts because it's it's just the stuff that we see every single day mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so it's so easy to come up with an i and me sketch because mm-hmm. we can all relate to it so much yeah, yeah. even me as a canadian uh you know i'm still middle class i grew up in a in a 
I mean, I don't know if I and me is necessarily a, she's not a single parent household, but in the sketches, she she don't see Baba anywhere. Um, and uh, that that typical back and forth between kids and their mom, I think everyone can relate to that. Okay, so yeah. these two shows. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know there is there is a lot of brainstorming and ideation that must be going behind you know creating a show, being a content producer. uh it it's it's a tough job you know you have to be on your uh, a game always so now uh, say for example i'll give you a situation say uh, anusha or maybe you have an idea you know you find something no we have to make this into uh, a series or maybe some video and say sarang is neutral here he's like okay maybe the idea is good maybe let's see and anusha is like complete like no we are not going ahead with this now uh how do you guys come to terms with it is first part like and secondly uh, do you have any example of such you know discussion which actually turned out to be very fruitful but you know there was a lot of uh, to and fro and a lot of tussle and friction during the discussion hmm you know when since we've started sarang and anusha and i have really most for the most part been on the same page mm-hmm. with everything and that's that's the reason why we work together is we we all share very similar values and what we want to do with the company what we want to do with our content is on the same page mm-hmm. i think the only things where we end up disagreeing is you know um probably just uh since in the last 6 months we've had a lot of rapid growth even internally within the company uh we got investors and we've you know got like 20 people working in our office we have an office for the first time <laughs> and and uh most of the friction ends up coming up around um communication miscommunication managing a team because all of us have come from film backgrounds and mm-hmm. film or theater backgrounds and and none of us have come from a corporate background mm-hmm. so for us it's it's a huge learning curve figuring out how to work within an office space and manage people and get them to do stuff okay. mainly um the biggest thing that we fight about is you know you're doing too much work you need to delegate okay, <laughs> okay. that's the main okay. thing that we disagree okay. about uh and but when it comes to any uh lock jams i i can't think of any that have been so significant that it's sticking in my head but typically what we would do if we if we disagree on something is you know we will sit and have a meeting but we tend to go with the option which is more I guess more optimistic. Okay. We try like say somebody wants to try a new format or wants to give somebody a chance. We we tend to go for the more optimistic option like okay, you know, I have my doubts, but okay, let's give it a try. Let's do a but pilot. But let's let's minimize the risk. Yeah. Let's do a pilot first. Let's check out the Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now um, like you you rightly mentioned, you know, there's a challenging part of you managing a team, like all of you guys. Um there are two sides to you now one is uh, an artistic side and one is the entrepreneurial side so how do you juggle between them and if i ask you today on a scale of say 1 to 10 what part of you is an entrepreneur today and what part of you uh, is an artist mm-hmm. uh so the entrepreneurial side i never actually even dreamed that i would be able to do anything entrepreneurial in my life when i I mean I was good in school. I got a lot of A's, but I never really put a lot of value on that as to, you know, oh, I have so much potential in academics or business or anything like that. I always just, you know, 
wanted to kind of go with my gut, go with my feelings and explore things. So in that sense, um, the entrepreneurial side only really started when I got my first business idea, mm -hmm. which was I wanted to, you know, create a online network for filmmakers, international filmmakers, which has been done like it's it's done and dusted. Like I think yeah. people had already tried even when yeah. I had the idea. I'm not mm -hmm. claiming credit for it, but I was like, okay, if I want to make like a global filmmakers network, uh, what do I do? How do I do this? And mm -hmm. since my sister had, you know, done a BCom, I asked, you know, can you help me with making a business plan? Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me. She's like, <laughs> I went to school for four years for this. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know how much I can help you, but if you really want to do it, she pointed me in the right direction. She gave me a link to this online course, mm -hmm. uh, Udacity online business model course, okay. how to make a business model. And I bought a book and I did the course and I made a business model. And that was sort of my introduction to the idea of how do these things work, yeah. you know, outside of a film production. Mm -hmm. And since then, I have had, you know, different ideas for companies or for how to do things. And when we got the idea to, uh, I mean, while I had done this, I never did anything with it. You know, I made the business model. Nothing came out of it. Okay. <laughs> then I came to India um, again. I met Sarang and Anusha. We started working together. We formed a company together thinking that we'll make, you know, TV commercials, we'll make films, we'll make music videos and explore our, you know, creative dreams and break the mold and whatever. But we had no idea how we were going to do that at the time. Uh, there was no thought as to, you know, what's the business element of it. We just thought, you know, we'll keep making videos, we'll keep making profits. Eventually we'll, you know, yeah. <laughs> be successful. Uh, until the idea of Bharipa came along. And that was when we said, okay, if we're really going to do this, we're going to be serious about it. We're not just going to shoot a video and put it online. You know, we're going to have a business plan. We're going to have a vision. We're going to approach it strategically. Mm. And that's why it actually took us eight months to from from having the idea to putting out the first episode of Casting Couch. It was eight months period okay. where we were trying to approach investors. We were trying to, you know, work out the kinks of our business model. And since then, I would say... Up until the last six months, I have been 80% artist, 20% entrepreneur. Even that might be uh, generous, you know, maybe 10% entrepreneur. Okay. Though I had the thoughts, I wasn't doing anything with them. Okay. But in the last six to eight months, I have probably done like a 180 and I've become like 20% <laughs> artist and 80% okay. entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. But uh, I think it's just a temporary shift because mm. we've been working towards getting this investment, we've got the office, we're sort of growing into that. And I'm hoping to make more space in my life for the artistic side okay. again okay. in the near future. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I read one of your blog mm -hmm. and uh, I, I don't remember it like uh, what was it about. But, uh, you know, the first sentence or the first three lines were very intriguing mm -hmm. uh, where you said that you are a space cadet. Mm. And... Uh, I don't know, something like struck me. Like, what is Space Cadet? And then I researched. So <coughs> what exactly is this? Would you mind telling us what exactly was, what were you, were you trying to, you know, point out? Yeah. So I must have been referring to my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Your childhood. <laughs> Correct. Because um, when I was a kid, I used to daydream a lot. Okay. And so much so to the point where I 
you know, would neglect friends. I would be bullied because of it. And, you know, I would catch myself, you know, I would I was probably talking to myself. You know, I was really caught up in my daydreams. I had all sorts of crazy fantasies about my life or I thought I was a unicorn or I thought I was, you know, whatever. I it was a little crazy, uh, but it was really fun. And I have to say that a lot of I have as many strong memories from my childhood from when I was daydreaming mm-hmm. as real life memories. Okay. Because, yeah, I was just constantly my head was up in the sky. And that's that's why the term space cadet, you know, I was I was, you know, on a mission, but I was in space like I, <laughs> okay. I wasn't on this earth. Okay. 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 <laughs> so do you do you still daydream or it has? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. I, I daydream. What are you dreaming currently? And I like you can dream while talking, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I was no. expecting a No, no, no. I'm not like in a trend. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I I I definitely don't don't daydream nearly as much as I used to as a kid because I think I think the daydreaming came from not having anything to do mm-hmm. or not being interested in what's going on in front of me, whether it be my school, whether it be, you know, I've got time after school but nobody wants to play with me, so I'll just daydream, create my own stories. Now I have a lot of things to do. I've got a big to-do list. And it's only when I finish up with that and we're like, okay, have we done grocery shopping? Have we, you know, have I fed the cats? <laughs> After all those responsibilities are complete, um, I I am lucky if I get a chance to sit down with a book and so what, what, read. So what kind of daydreaming you do currently, Nick? I don't know. I don't create them. They just kind but of happen. But still, you know, kind of, uh, maybe we can take some... Um, inference out of what how yeah. you think so my daydreams now are very much more grounded in reality i guess like i might start thinking like oh wouldn't it be so nice if i had a boat <laughs> like okay. what would i do with a boat no, <laughs> like, i'll go and like <laughs> sail around or whatever it is <laughs> you know it's it's or 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 the the inverse of it you know it could be a negative one as well mm-hmm. so i think like oh my god you know things are going so bad with this what's like what am i gonna do if i get kicked out of the country and I have to go back to Canada you know what how am I going to make a living or a a funny daydream you know like a a whirlpool of thoughts happened when I was uh, once in Japan I was climbing down the side of a mountain and I was by myself and nobody else was around me and it was extremely steep gravel and I was slipping and sliding I was almost going down on my butt it was so steep and I was daydreaming the whole way down about my life as a professional paraplegic basketball player (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I if I break my neck, how am I going to be an inspiration? I'm going to learn how to play basketball in a wheelchair. I'm going to <laughs> my boyfriend. Is he going to break up with me? Is he going to stay with me? I was 18 at the time, and I had uh, I was dating this guy. I was imagining, you know, like what's going to happen? Would I tell him to break up with me so he doesn't limit himself in his life? You know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very self-centric, egoistic daydreams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a very different side of you. Like, yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll actually combine these two questions uh, before we go to the mug and bucket question. Mm-hmm. So, now when you think about creating an original content or creating content in, uh, for that matter, mm-hmm. which of these, uh, you know, elements actually are, are more imposing? So, say one is, uh, you know, skill. I'm, I'm talking about talent. Uh, one is originality, uh, one is conviction, mm-hmm. and one is money. So, if you talk in terms of bhadipa, mm-hmm. like out of these four, what do you think is more important to you? Like, I mean, I might give different answers depending on 
like the if, end if goal it is you know is it like what's yeah. important for success or what's important you know so you for take the soul all the or... yeah yeah you take all the parameters in uh, consideration uh, and give it a very generic answer like which of these is more important for body part today as if like like let's stick to for body part yeah okay uh number 1 is skill and talent number 2 is conviction okay number 3 is originality and number 4 is money you know we'll go to the magen bucket question now mm-hmm. uh so i saw your video recently uh mumbai conversations right mm-hmm. uh, correct me if i'm wrong so, so yeah moment. so you you narrated your story very well i mean until oh, that i don't point, think i was that good no but until that <laughs> point you know i wasn't getting anything and so you have said that you know you wanted you aspired to be a sound engineer mm-hmm. and um, then you came here you were searching for job and then you know you went back you did your research and there was a lot of to and fro from india to canada <clears> to <throat> india and you know you have seen your ups and downs you have seen your hurdles so which is that day or moment which you feel like we call it the a show calls it the mug and bucket moment mm-hmm. uh which actually you know changed your life and you know you're doing what you're doing currently because of that moment or a day or maybe a, a phase in your life hmm i think i mean i know what it is i and it's very clear to me that it's the day that i met sarang and anusha uh there's no doubt about it in my mind the other al- alternative option i could say you know would be the day i've realized you know what is the indian film industry and what are the possibilities here but it's too vague and i actually don't know what day that was <laughs> you know <laughs> it, what, it was what? that was a just that was some like a realization that happened over time which inspired me to come back to india and try my luck over here but to be very honest i think that if i hadn't met sarang and anusha and we hadn't clicked i don't think i would have lasted as long as i have i think i pro- okay Let me just rewind a little bit. I'll mm-hmm. tell you about the day that I met Sarang and Anusha. Okay, yeah, I okay? was about to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um the day I met Sarang and Anusha was actually my third trip to India. Mm-hmm. The first two trips I had come, I had spent 5 months researching the film industry and uh that was a funded project by Western Economic Diversification through mm-hmm. my university mm-hmm. where students can apply to do internships about uh in India. in whatever field they're studying. So because I studied film, I got to come to India and study the Indian film industry. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be an internship, but that fell through and eventually I just ended up going around on my own and with my partner Sarah and uh researching by interviewing filmmakers, interviewing cinematographers, producers, actors, directors, academics. And on on those trips, I became inspired that, you know, this is what you know a free market <laughs> industry looks like you know uh in contrast to canada because in canada it's all government funded mm-hmm. or it's hollywood funded mm-hmm. but there's no like inherent canadian film industry where i can live in vancouver and i can make my films about vancouver or my life or whatever it is okay. there's no market for it in canada mm-hmm. because of the way it's happened over time coming to india i saw the free market and i was like you know what if you have a good idea and if you have talent and you stick with it long enough you can make it over here whereas in canada you need like enough years of seniority you have to invest x amount of money making your first two films getting them released all of that stuff before you can even qualify for that government money to make your first movie and uh i just thought you know let's try it out let's let's see because uh i've now met a bunch of people in the film industry maybe i can use my connections with them maybe i can make something happen and 
a friend that I had made on this research uh, invited me to come and uh, assist him in a film that he was making in Pune. And uh, so that was going to be my third trip back. I came to assist on this film as a second assistant director and as a script editor. And uh, I had done one Skype call with Anusha before that. But there was no video or anything. I didn't know what she looked like. Where okay. we basically discussed, you know, okay, I'm going to be landing on this day. And we coordinated, you know, how More are we going to pick up. from the logistics perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had flown at like 2 a.m., spent the night at a friend's place. And I guess around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I show up at Dado Titi to catch a cool cab uh, with Anusha, uh, who I knew was the chief assistant director on the film. And Sarang, who I knew, I, I only knew that I was meeting the chief assistant director and the casting director. And I walked up to them and uh, that was when I you know, realized who Anusha is, who, what she looks like. And I looked at the casting director, which turned out to be Sarang, and I realized that, oh, I know this person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't know him personally, but I had actually, in my research, I had seen a bunch of films that he'd acted in that were in festivals, including... When uh, he had a film called The Bright Day screening yeah, in Toronto yeah, yeah. at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012. And I'd actually met him at the party and I had gone up to him and shook his hand and I said, hey, I really liked you in the film. And he was like a little drunk, I think. He was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. And he like walked off. And uh, that was the end of the conversation. Like, okay. And so when I saw him there at Dada Titi, I was like, oh, I know you. I've seen your films. And he was completely gobsmacked. Like he was shocked. <laughs> he was like, how have you seen my films? What have, what have you seen? And I listed them off. I was like, you know, I've seen Shala, I've seen Dirty Picture, I've seen The Bright Day, I've seen blah, 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 Samhita. And he, he was like, I, even my parents haven't seen these films <laughs> because they haven't released. They're only doing festivals. I was like, yeah, I saw them at festivals. And and uh, so, so that became a joke because Anusha was always um, what we like to call her now because uh, she's been there since the day we met. She, we call her the candle in our relationship. Okay. <laughs> she holds the candle for our romance. <laughs> and she started uh, immediately making fun of us, saying... Oh, Paula, uh, Paula's your big Canadian fan, Sarang. Like, you didn't know you had a Canadian fan. She's your number one fan from Canada. Uh -huh. And we got in the cab and we started going to Pune. And it was just jokes after that. Okay. We really just immediately clicked. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, we were making fun of Sarang because he was blushing and he wasn't able to come back <laughs> in English. And I was, okay. I was just making a lot of fun of him. Both of us were. But Sarang wasn't very comfortable in his English back then. So uh -huh. he was, you know, just blushing and... Eventually, we got to Pune, and uh, and then Sarang started coming back at me in Marathi. People would have to translate. Okay, <laughs> and okay. Eventually, uh, on this film, we realized that we shared the same values when it came to working style, to the kind of films that we really believe in, and that was the the day I think you know we. I mean, it was the spark of a really long term relationship between the three of us. Uh, and we've always really supported each other. And that mutual support is something that I think if I hadn't met them, I probably would have come on the film. Mm -hmm. I would have assisted, done my job and went back, gone to Mumbai for a couple months, maybe met a few people, asked if I could get some work. But then my visa would have expired. I would have had to go back to Canada. And then it's, it's a little hard, you know, to keep buying, you know, saving up your money buy a plane ticket, come back to India, again, ask around for work, 
it's a very expensive plane ticket. You know, it's 24 hours of trip. And uh, every time you buy a ticket, it's like minimum 80,000 rupees for a round trip ticket. Mm -hmm. And uh, even the visa process is expensive. I think I probably would have gotten worn out by the time anything substantial would have happened mm-hmm. or I or somebody would have taken advantage of me you know mm-hmm. I was really naive I probably would have got hoodwinked into some scam or something yeah. and um and luckily you know because I had Sarang and Anusha with me I think the three of us kind of sustained each other over the next couple of years before this idea for Bharipak mm-hmm. came and that's when our careers together really took off uh, we had been making small projects TV commercials and digital I saw, films. I love the Parleji but... wala thing. <laughs> I really you. love it. Every monsoon I watch it. Oh, yeah. that's I, so I'm not sweet. joking. I'm not joking. Really? I've been seeing it for past, like, whatever, three years. 2015, yeah. right? Trust me, I'm not lying. That's so sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was a very interesting story. Yaar. People would love to know this. So, that's the end of the Mug and Bucket section. So, this, there's, there's one more section. Okay. Uh, so, uh, this section is called Maybe Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Please tell our listeners uh, what you would do or maybe change, tweak, modify, whatever. Uh, if you become the Prime Minister of India mm-hmm. and you have to change or tweak, modify, whatever, apart from what you're doing currently in this country, what are you going to change? Hmm. I have to make sure I don't get myself into any trouble here. <laughs> uh, I would make it easier to have dual citizenship. Okay. First of all. So your, uh, uh, the bad daydream part is gone. What if you're kicked out of India? Yeah. <laughs> because it's impossible for foreigners to have dual citizenship. Yeah, yeah. But Indians, when they go abroad, can become NRIs, mm-hmm. which means they have all the rights of citizenship, okay. but they live abroad. Okay. But there's no way for a foreigner to get that. Okay. You can never become like a be able to retain rights from both of your countries. It's mm-hmm. like a catch-22. Yeah. It's either... I can I can be a resident of India. I'm a resident of India. But if I ever, even if I get married for a visa, for an OCI, and I can become a citizen of India if I stay here for like 12 years or something, yeah. uh, the problem is that I'd have to give up my Canadian citizenship. Yeah. And I have to give yeah. up my Canadian passport. And it's not really fair. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I mean, maybe it's fair, but... If you consider the fact that Indians get to have NRI status and there's no equivalent for mm-hmm. um, non-Indian born people, mm-hmm. then it's not really fair. Okay. So I would change that first. Okay. Just for my own selfish so reasons. So that's it? That, anything apart from that? Um, you know, I feel like if I think if I was prime minister, I still wouldn't have enough power to do what I want to do. I think that, uh, first of all, we should just ignore all borders drawn between all yeah. countries. I think that they don't mean anything anymore, apart from logistical, you know, address reasons. You know, I want to ship something to India that, you know, gives me a region and I can put an address on that. But, um, you know, I, I think that society is moving in a way where uh, the place where you're born uh shouldn't hold you back or give you more opportunities than anybody else okay. i feel like um i feel like nation as a concept uh it's nice for like a cultural unity 
I think we need something even better than democracy now that we haven't tried yet. I, okay. I, I'm not saying we should go for dictatorship or communism <laughs> okay. or anything like that. Okay. Let's. I'm just saying like we need like a new and improved <laughs> democracy okay. or okay. maybe something algorithm based. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's a lovely thought. And this is a good point to end this uh, yeah. show on a lovely note. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was fun talking to you. Trust me. It was one of the best episodes I have had. So for the listeners, until next time, love you all and keep listening. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mug and Bucket podcast. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, Hubhopper or any other podcasting app you use. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Want the world to know your mug and bucket moment which changed the course of your journey? Go to our website themugandbucket.com and click on share your moment. We will publish your story on our website. Until then, take care and keep listening.